Greetings. Welcome to the Private Suite interview series. As always, I'm Indy Advan, and today we have the two gentlemen that run the label Infinity Pool on the show, Zach and Nick. Welcome, welcome. How's it going, guys? Oh, another fun day working, trying to get these tapes out to everyone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going. Just to clarify, the first person that spoke, that was uh, Zach, just so everybody knows. That's Zach, and, I, and I'm Nick. Perfect. Uh, so what's keeping you so busy there, Zach? Oh, we have been pretty much backed up since March and just basically began able to make tapes in the last month and a half. So now trying to crank out six months of backlog. Holy shit. Yeah. A lot of our stuff we got back in, yeah, March. We, we had like four releases. We were planning to do them all like a week apart. And then that just didn't happen because a lot of a lot of extra stuff happened crazy like personal stuff or we don't, we don't uh, have to talk about it if you don't want to yeah no i mean it's it's, it's more it's just like you know we decided to expand what we do more than just being a, li- a label yeah. yeah it's like the whole like duplication factory thing like that's also another thing that we've been testing out recently right so you can we talk about that as well <laughs> yeah abso- absolutely please do so uh I mean, Zach's probably more in the position to talk yeah, about Yeah, basically, this. I guess about six, seven months ago, we were just, we were trying to control every aspect of our tape making as a label. We didn't want to rely on anybody as like duplication. And we just kept mm. going. And then one day I was just by stroke of luck browsing some pictures and found this one guy who turned out to be one of the most valuable people in my life now. And um, he sold me what is essentially the remaining assets of one of the largest cassette manufacturing companies in the US. So we've been moving that from New York to Denver over the last few months. It's one semi truck at a time and building a new factory out here. Holy shit. Yeah, I remember you mentioning a bit of that at the tape swap. Wow, that's incredible. So that's that explains sort of why you guys have such beautiful products. Yeah, right? so you did before before that too though, I guess. But Yeah, well, I mean, even before that when we were working out of essentially a basement, we still had like like a $20,000 LED printer and we were just making our own tapes. Basically, we were losing money out the gate, so we just kept doing it because we loved it. Yeah, the passion. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't involved, but uh yeah, as of recently, it's been a lot of like, uh, I like on 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 my other Instagram account, I'll like post. I, it's a lot of like cassette stuff, and I follow like not vaporwave, but like the noise genre and like power electronics and all that stuff. So like I follow that like very closely, and on there, I kind of promoted like some of our Infinity Pool releases, and I was just like, hey, like we do this, and you know, if anyone's interested in this for like your label, you know, hit me up, and we'll figure something out. And a lot of places were hitting me up for just like simple like duplication where they would just like want like tapes dubbed or like loaded and dubbed to like a certain length. Cause like in the noise genre, like it's super DIY and they don't have a lot of that. So like for LED printing on anything that's like pretty new, like Vaporwave is like probably one of the only genres I really see that has like LED printed anything. Everything is usually like pad printed or paper labels. Like, so what we're doing is like pretty new and you know, we, I just kind of want to put that out there to like other genres. So like having that reach within that community is like a big thing. And, you know, 
he's currently working on something that literally has like <laughs> it has like dead bodies printed on it you know crazy <laughs> yeah because that's you know that's the aesthetic of that community so it's like you know yeah, yeah while that may seem shocking to like some people that's like that's what it's that their is, roman yeah. bus so, whoa yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he's working on that we worked on a few other things you know but slowly but surely we're building what will be one of if not the biggest cassette factory in north america Wow. Crazy, man. Well, this will be neat to sort of document this moment in time with the podcast with you guys. Like just, I would say maybe on the cusp of being finished that, uh, you know, month long project or or what? Well, you know, it's, you know, we gained so many more projects and it's like not just for us, but we have a lot of big things coming for the other duplication services. Um, You know, when working on getting some big things put across that haven't been around for a while. So we're not just doing it for us. We are doing it for, you know, the whole community to advance these little cassette tapes to however far we can get them. Yeah. Yeah. Like just to add to that, like technologically advance them sort of to add new elements to them that have never been explored before. That's something I think is so cool about your label and you've, giving me little hints about things you're doing over the past few months. And I'm just, every time I'm like, holy fuck, man, these guys are, I can't wait for this stuff to actually be available for consumers. Uh, I don't know if there's any specific ones you guys want to talk about. Um, I mean, I feel like the, the start of where I jumped on board with the label was like, I was like just a fan of the label and I really liked everything that Zach was doing. And all of our messaging was just through like, Facebook and we would just talk about things and I don't know I had a pretty good grasp of like how social media works and like how to you know connect with people on like a like on a more personal level so like between you know that and my passion for like just the label in general I feel like I was able to you know add uh you know I don't know like support the label in like a more positive way and the, the the biggest thing that I feel like I really contributed like towards the beginning was the idea for the printing on the um, the Blood Moon edition of the Midnight Television tape. Yeah, oh, that's, that's such a beautiful tape. Yeah, that's exactly when we got the first LED printer too. So we didn't even have a shop at that point. We just we were just blowing money. You basically have to sell like 50,000 tapes to recoup the price of the printer. So we already knew we were at a mm-hmm. loss at that right crazy yeah i have the blue moon edition one i missed the other oh, one yeah but the that blood moon cool edition too. yeah i mean the blood moon edition it's on um chrome it's on chrome tape which is like super rare now because like nobody really has it but uh yeah the design for that like zach and i like we'd always talk about like things that he was like putting out and you know he would always kind of just being a fan of the label like there's always people that are more privy to getting like information as to what's coming out like yourself and you know, a few other people. So we always talk about that kind of thing. And I would just input certain ideas or like things that I thought would be cool. So like with the midnight television tape, I thought it would be cool to have like the mountain and everything like in the moon in like the background. So like printed on the B side of the tape, but on a clear shell so that you could see it through the A side so that there was like a a bit of like depth, if you will, in the tape. And we've done that like on you know, subsequent releases like the uh, the newest VHS tape rewinder tape. We did yeah. we did it there. We did it on uh, shit. What else did we do it on? We did it on a few other. But things. when we decided but, to bring 
Nick along. He interjected at a pretty interesting time when I was busy on some other side projects that ended up being big headaches. And um, then some other people that were involved with the label decided to do things that uninvolved them. And um, Nick kind of fit pretty well in. And he made, um, he was able to kind of adapt my role. I was the initial person who went out and was finding all of the more elusive artists. But Nick quickly was able to jump and learn the pattern and and kind of provide his input from far away. But he's, uh, he's a little far away from us, so it makes things a little hard. It's tough sometimes, but we make it work. Yeah, it's just a weird dynamic that we have as a, you know, as like a a, a unit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like all of all of our communication, our long distance relationship. Like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I I've never heard Zach's voice until I literally knocked on his brother's house's door. Like, I knocked on the door and he answered, and that's when I met him and heard his voice for like the first time. <laughs> like, I, all of all of our communication has been through the internet, and like, yeah, I don't I know. Like- I like to remain somewhat anonymous. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Well, thanks for That's coming fine. on the show, man. I do it for you. I love the label. Thank you. Now, I've been a fan for a long time uh, since the Pega tapes. Oh, yeah. And that was a big was that? bundle. That was in July Summer of last, last year. year. Yeah. Yeah. I managed to snag them all. Um, and But yeah, there's a few I missed. I missed uh, Flight Wave. That's a, that was a... Maybe maybe I'll uh, maybe you guys have an extra copy or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Sweet. there might be one. Um, that was a good one. It's got the um, the St. Pepsi re- remix on the on the B side of the tape. So, oh, uh, you cut out there. Sorry. It has the St. Pepsi remix on that B side, so it sold out pretty quick because of that one. I assume. Oh yeah, great. Well, awesome. Well, thanks thanks for coming on the show, guys. It's really cool of you. And it was great to sort of blast off right into it from the beginning. Usually I like to ask people, you know, who they are, what they're about, what kind of things they like to get up to outside of Vaporwave. So I don't know if we want to talk about that stuff for a minute. Yeah, we still can if you want. Cool. So what are your hobbies and shit? Uh, I mean, it's hard to have a hobby at the moment. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a grad, I'm a graduate student. I go to grad school, you know, I've gone through college. I got my bachelor's degree. Um, I'm still going to school. Uh, I have like another like two years, pretty much. What for? For uh, speech language pathology. I want to work with kids who have like autism and things like that. Nice. Well, you speak you speak very well. I well, must say, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, between like grad school and like I have a part time job at a UPS store that like I personally don't think pays me enough. That's why I've been really pushing for this um, cassette duplication thing to kind of take off. Cause like I want to get on, you know, the SIBO payroll instead, you know? So yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that'll work out and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And Well, we're hoping by month's end to have him off of the, the UPS store and um, just focus on his studying and our tapes. So, but yeah, I mean, between like grad school <laughs> and my part-time job and then doing all this shit on you know, online for the label and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to have time for anything else. Yeah. You don't play any games or anything, watch any shows? or. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's some shows here and there. Uh, What's your favorite show? My favorite show, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, dang. I've seen every episode. I haven't thought about that in a long time. 
right off right off the bat. That's my favorite show ever. It's a great show. It's hard. I got my girlfriend into it. We watched like a few seasons because it's all like on uh, like if you, if you have an Apple TV, um, if you get the Adult Swim app, you can pretty much see everything that's ever been on Adult Swim for free, and it's pretty tight. But yeah, so we got through a bit of that. But you know, she's not so much into it. There's a few other shows I like, but it's hard to have time for that kind of thing. I watch like a lot of podcasts and stuff. Watch podcasts. I, like I'll watch a podcast or like I'll listen to a podcast on my commute to school because I commute. So it's like, you know, it's like 45 minutes to an hour each way. So like two hours of my day in itself is just like going to school and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then my classes are like three hours. So like five hours out of my day is just that. So that's when you get your private suite in? Yeah, do you? <laughs> Not, nine at night, pretty much. <laughs> oh, awesome. There's no time. Sweet, sweet man. That's cool. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like I have a fuckload of hobbies, but no time for any of them. I got a metal record to make, and I'm just sitting on it. I forgot what hobbies even are anymore. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I'm a car person. I build my cars, but I don't think I've touched any of them in the last five years. Mm, crazy. Yep, just been trying to figure out the, the formula. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it takes a long time, man. That's what our 20s are for, I guess, right? Wasting your time on the internet. Shit, I'm about to yeah. be 30. <laughs> yeah, I wasted so much time. That's such such a regret. So, so stupid. Don't don't waste time, kids. Yeah, Every moment do, is do precious. Do the things you want to be doing. I mean, some people like live through the internet, though, and that's like how they do it. So, I mean, you know, some people make it work and some people, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. Depends on what you want to be doing. I wouldn't say I didn't have fun. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. I spent a lot of my formative years, like in high school and stuff, just like playing Call of Duty. And I did the whole like YouTube thing. And, you know, the YouTube like, thing? YouTube videos? Yeah. Like on YouTube. What? What kind of videos? You ever have like, uh, you know, you ever hear of like trick shotting on Call of Duty? Oh, you're like, oh, that's sick, dude. So you must be yeah, good. I had, no, I mean, I had a team. It was just like, you had a team. It's called the Young Villains. The Young Villains. Yeah, we had 30,000 subs. Yeah. Sick, dude. Which Call of Duty game? Huh? Well, like primarily like Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops and stuff. Right. I used to, yeah, I used to lead uh, the young villains. (laughs) And we had like 30,000 subscribers and the channel's gone now. And some, you know, the other guy who I was leading it with is like still doing it. It's, you know, I can't just because I don't have time. And, you know, I think Call of Duty is just like dead at this point. I think that kind of era is gone. You know, like in 2012, that was cool. And, you know. It lasted for a while, but you gotta figure out how to monetize it nowadays. Yeah, everyone's just like all about the money, and Fortnite is too big. Like, That's the thing; it's so different now. Yeah, yeah, YouTube is just a different scene, and you know, I don't have the time for it. I don't have the patience for it. Yeah, like I went to school to make films, to be a traditional filmmaker, but while I was going, it was like 2006 to 2012 or 2011. I went for like six years, and. There was like a transitionary period in the middle of my like attendance of that post-secondary time where people weren't making films like I was sort of taught and how I thought I was going to be approaching my career. And it ended up being quite different. And people were just sort of autodidacts and learning everything on the internet, just doing it themselves and um, doing all this social media marketing and like not so much doing like film festival circuits and then finding a distributor and, you know, raising money through um, like in Canada, we do it by grants. 
a lot. So you apply for different grants. And then if you do it in a certain order, then you can get more money than if you get like a different grant before another one. So there's there's ways you can get like quite a bit. But it seems like people aren't really doing that anymore. So a lot of the things I learned are like old school and don't even help anymore. So it's like, yeah, fuck. So you, so you kind of learn like, well, like the traditional method, whereas people found like, you know, through the internet, there's like, I mean, you can learn anything through the internet now. I feel like you don't really, you know, mm-hmm. like some people like can be super smart and like have never gone to like college or like not even past like high school. You could just learn everything you need on the internet. That's what I feel like. So anyways, I didn't, I didn't graduate from high school. Yeah, yeah I'm a dropout. Zach's smart as fuck. Yeah. I have, I have my GED, but that's about, that's about it. Yeah. I went to a little college after that, but just- that's what I feel like I want. I should have done. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's big money to be made in doing like entertainment on the internet and stuff. Okay, then drop out right now and move to Colorado. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, I got I got my life set here. Yeah, that you sounds know. like an awesome I'll be there career. Eventually. It'll be quite fulfilling, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be a need for that thing because like things like autism and speech, you know, speech disorders and things like that, those aren't going away anytime soon. Like, yeah, you know, and especially, I mean, being a male, just like, in itself out of my entire uh so like in grad school there's two cohorts so it's like 25 people split up into two groups pretty much and they're just called cohorts okay in my in my cohort i'm the summer cohort so i started in the summer of the 25 people two are males i'm one of them so like every it's it's a very female dominated Mm -hmm. field and just being a male has like there's like a competitive edge already just because i'm a male so like i've always been told like oh you're gonna get guaranteed a job but like you know i don't like i don't like i don't like thinking of it that way though because like i don't want to think like oh i'm just a guy you know so i'm gonna get a job like i want it to be because like i'm competent enough to actually do the work you know and yeah for sure and well it's like people need some people need male, strong male role models. Oh, of course. You know, yeah. like I was just watching this show, actually, this film last night called Role Models. You ever see that film? Um, McLovin is in it from Superbad, I think. And Sean William Scott. And I think Paul Rudd. It's a pretty hilarious film, like 2008 comedy. They don't make movies like that anymore. Some great points in it about like how there's not many male role models these days. No, certainly not. Uh, especially like maybe in the in the media eye, sure, I guess. But I wouldn't even call them good role models. Some of them, um, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, there's like there's definitely seems to be a shortage of like male volunteers for that sort of thing. So that's really cool, man. Thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> so how did you guys get into vaporwave? Uh, I mean, I can start first if you want. Totally. All right. So I don't know. Again, having like grown up with the internet. I don't know that there's like a defining moment like where I found like there was no like I know there's like stories of people who they're just like listening to music or something or the like electronic music and they'll stumble upon like a certain project or artist or something and just fall in love that way. I just feel like I was always I guess aware of Vaporwave because of like just being on the internet and I don't know that any one person or project or song or anything really like grabbed me. It wasn't until I think, um, I guess the floral shop vinyl, like I wasn't big into cassettes until like I started collecting like vinyl and noise tapes and stuff. Cause like a lot of the stuff I wanted wasn't on, I know I'm getting like really off topic here, but like a lot of this stuff in noise I wanted just wasn't available on vinyl. So I said like, 
fuck it. I have to get like a cassette player if I want to hear these things. And it wasn't until then, like when I started collecting like physical media that I really began to care about like what I had. And I think like the defining moment of when I seriously got into Vaporwave, like was, um, I guess with the floral shop release on OESB, that's probably like, mm. you know, when it got big for me, cause I wasn't like big into cassettes and I kind of, you know, I missed all the older stuff. Like, you know, the original beer on the rug. Like I didn't know about any of that. I mean, I knew like Same. of it. It's just, I wasn't, I wasn't involved with it. I didn't collect it. So it didn't yeah, phase me. Exactly. But like, again, like back in like 2012, like C-Punk, that was like an aesthetic, you know, and people would just have like C-Punk aesthetics and like Tumblr and thing like, you know, things like that. So like, I was always aware of Vaporwave because of those things, but I was never truly like into, into Vaporwave, you know, like I've listened to things and you know, whatnot, but it probably wasn't until I guess the vinyl for Floral Shop came out that I was like, seriously, like, all right, you know, this is something I'm going to start following because now it kind of, it entered my world, you know, like I was aware of it and we existed in two separate spaces and we collided, you know, every now and again, I feel like, yeah, I feel, you know, I just feel like it wasn't until that came out that I actually started getting into it and becoming more aware of like what, you know, the community was like. Yeah. Yeah. So I I would say that kind of surmises like how I got into it. Mm hmm. And what about you, Zach? Well, I guess it should be said that there is another person who is crucial to sure. the creation of um, the Infinity Pool. Um, Grant, who you interviewed in video in uh, at the tape swap. Oh, yes. The redhead guy, right? Yeah, as Grant. <laughs> Grant, okay. He's... Um, he... Uh, <laughs> He is, he's every bit as uh, important to the beginning. So Grant used to uh, live with me. Grant and I go way back. Grant and I have done everything together. Grant always awesome. is the best of everything. Grant, um, <laughs> Grant liked to listen to a lot more of the electronic music. Um, back around 2011, 10, 12 was the dubstep rise, but... Around that time, I guess there was like the first instances of what was vaporwave, but not classified at the time. And um, I guess at the around that time, we had an Audi tuning shop that we owned. And somewhere around then, I remember we saw Corpse Audi. And that aesthetic of it kind of is like one of the very first releases I can recall. And then... Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of veered off careers and stopped. uh, We didn't do anything music related for a long time from then. And then somewhere around, geez, uh, was it 2016 or 17? On 420 was released Corpse and and Mezzaluna's um, Black Mesa tape. Oh, yeah. Which is one of the greatest albums for playing in an empty factory. But... He he called me and said that he was going to be away and he needed me to buy this tape for him. So I said, all right, fuck it, I'll buy the tape for you. So then I bought that tape. And then I guess that's when I, I guess I can recall coming heavily back into it after I listened to that album. And then from there, we just like jumped at it. And um, I brought him back out to Colorado from from Chicago and we were sitting around one day and we're like we should just start a fucking record label and um <laughs> and then 
we're like, all right, let's do it. So basically, from what I remember, we just uh, pulled up the Vaporwave Essential Guide, the original one, and just went one by one by one and um, took out everything that hadn't been released. So half of the original, actually most of the original um, releases on the Infinity Pool came from the Vaporwave Essential Guide. But mm-hmm. we, um, you know, by that time, it had been like, I bet it was over a year. At first, we started by making some CDs that were sold in some groups on Facebook. And those CDs ended up coming a little bit collectible and pretty rare. But everybody loved them. So we did a trial run, learned everything about the papers, the printing, learned that we didn't know shit, kept buying more expensive stuff, expanding. And, but it was all because of Vaporwave. And, um, and we just decided that they were going to make the label just because of how much yeah. we listen to Vaporwave. But it kind of, kind of uh, came out of nowhere, really, um, yeah. <laughs> how, how fast we jumped back into it and how it grabbed us. And like everything became vaporwave after that point. So from the beginning, your tapes always looked beautiful. And same with your J cards. Why exactly was that something you wanted to achieve? Like, like they always looked so nice, and you even got like a bunch of glitter and like holographic. uh, Right off the bat, our very first release had, um, you know, the it had like a little bit of everything because we had the Fujita scale release that had the uh, Obi strip. And those had some of those had gold foil. Then the Mindspring tape had um, had an O card, and the O card yeah. was foiled. Then the um, it had the uh, the insert card too. Yeah, had more foil. One. And then the Cyber Reality tape had the actual Secure ID hologram key card. So everything we just try to make like a little better and like a little bit more extra and a little bit different and you know we still do to this day with certain projects just you know try to gun it down you know we try to try to balance out costs for everyone but it it was more important to us that we owned every aspect of the manufacturing because once you do that you can control every bit of the quality so if something's asked it's only my fault (laughs) <laughs> so from the beginning, did you want to, did you know you wanted to do that? Like, I'm I'm curious what inspired you to say, okay, our releases have to be fucking nice because, you know, there's a lot of labels who just put it out and that's fine too. No, but you guys you know, always go the extra. Uh, like the label, Photoshop, they, um, Nick loves that label and they're very, they're very, um, I just bought the tape from yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're very, they're very nice. And like, it, that's true vaporwave, and I love that idea. And that was one of the initial conversations. But you know, there's certain labels that like are modeled from the start, and they have a certain look, and you just have to plan it. Like Blood Honey, they've been identical from the start, and like kept the aesthetic, even though who knows what the fuck he's up to right now. But uh, yeah, it's been a while. But anyways, yeah. So we, this was <laughs> planned. This was. None of this was by accident and everything is like super calculated and, you know, we'll reject a release or we just wanted, you know, everything to be uniform to some kind of extent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There are certain labels that you look at and you just say like, oh, I know that that's a, you know, 
I know that's a Blood Honey release. I know that's a Secomart release. I know that's, you know, you know, just by looking at some aspect of it, whether it be the design, the layout, the, um, you know, like the packaging. Some people just do like special packaging, that kind of thing. And you just know when you look at something that it's, it's from that label. It's distinct in some way. And I feel like we try to do that when it comes to like, we have a template, we have a formula, we have, you know, the way we do things. And I feel like we've kind of got it down to a T at the moment. I mean, there's always ways to improve in one way or another, you know, in some area. But I feel like at the moment, everything just has to have some kind of extra flair or we have to always try to be improving or doing something that is unique to us when it comes to printing or packaging. Mm-hmm. Well, also the label... I can definitely see that. The label was... Uh, before Nick came on board, the, uh, the whole idea of the label was, I guess everything predates back to some article or some video we saw about a uh, national audio company. And we thought we wanted a, to be a duplicator. So the label was initially brought on board as an idea to understand how these niche record labels work all their needs and like everything and then with that you can turn around and be able to better suit all the small people instead of trying to guess by just making tapes yeah and that kind of that kind of ties into the thing i mentioned earlier about um duplicating like just small projects for people that are like friends of mine within the noise community and things like that. Like we've had like a few projects and I've had so many people like ask me about things. And one of the projects we did, we kind of had to go back and forth with the label and just like show them what certain things we could do. And like we would like Zach would whip up like a test of something and then he'd whip up another test and we'd kind of just go back and forth about the ideas and just like the idea. And then we'd end up doing what they asked for in the first place. Yeah, because yeah, because they don't they don't fully understand the process of doing it, and that again comes with the whole idea that LED printing is just so new when it comes to duplication, mm-hmm. and you know certain labels are only familiar with pad printing, and they're only used to having one color, so they have no idea of how to even design the you know the Photoshop document, and you know you receive it and you're like, what the hell is this? But learning you know? those things, we're <laughs> going to be able to you know, turn around and then cater to all these small people. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, like the most recent thing he's doing now, Zach, like the thing he's doing now, the one with the bodies on it. It's like the dude literally sent me, he's a friend of mine. Um, he sent me two pictures, like two, like low res quality pictures. And he was just like, I want these on it. And he didn't like put them. He didn't put them in like a, like a template or anything. He just sent like, the audio files and two pictures and was like, this is what I want on it. Two random Google search images. Yeah. Two, yeah, two random like pictures of just like, you know, just obscene things. And mm. he was just like, this is what I want. And I showed him like on a, you know, I had to put it into like a template and I was like, this is what it's going to look like. Like, are you okay with this? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then Zach whipped up like a few tests here and there. And then, you know, it, it kind of goes back to like, we keep making tests, but at the same time, Zach's the kind of person that won't stop at something until it's like perfect and he's satisfied with it. And like, I'm kind of the same way too. I'll like nitpick small things until like we think it's like perfect. And some people, they just don't have that. They don't care. They'll see something that's completely new to them and be like, that's fucking cool. And they'll be totally down for it. And we'll be like, well, this could be better in like, 
you know, that like in the density of like the white layering on a, on a print can like really, you know, make or break like a print and like how it comes out, especially when it comes to gradients and, you know, Zach will be like, well, I think I can do this. And then he'll reprint it again and it would look better. And like to the person who's getting the, you know, the service done to them, it's, they, they don't see, they don't really see it until it's like, until it happens, you know what I mean? So they don't know. Yeah. So like we have to kind of educate the customers in a way mm-hmm. and, you know, show them like what it is that can, can't be done because, you know, we're trying to really like push the boundaries when it comes to like the printing and the designs. Speaking of customers, yeah. hey, Indy over there just shopping. <laughs> <laughs> you got the email? <laughs> yeah, I had the alert because I'm on my extra phone. I'm on the <laughs> chat phone because I broke the other one. I'm just like, who's, who's out here buying things? Yeah. Oh, I'm talking to this person right now. What'd you buy? The last Mind Spring record final. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the other ones. That's the last one I had on there. I'm keeping the other ones for there's not many left. Uh, when I had when we had that 710 sale, um oh, yeah. we sold like two hundred in that day or a hundred in that day or something like that. But um mm. yeah, that was there's there's not many left. I think it was like the last box that I had in New York. Oh yeah, I was surprised more people did. I mean, we sold like a good amount out of that box. Yeah, on the we were the on a sidewalk selling tapes <laughs> like it was '96. Yeah, I wanted to yeah, get that, it there, but I didn't want to like have to carry have that to stuff over the border. Yeah, exactly. That was that was a lot of people's issues. Like they'd be like, "I have this now. I have to walk around with this." Like, you know, that was the big thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And that I think that real like I think that moment, just that whole day, and seeing how many people actually came out and like. I don't even remember how did that even start, Zach? That was like we were talking to Alex from now, um Oh yeah, Pacific we walked Plaza. into there and I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't wanna be in here. This is kind of fucking stressful. So then you and I were just sitting on the curb. Then we opened up that backpack. Grant's a little drunk, says a few things to someone. Next thing I know, everyone's there. And everyone's got it. It went zero to hundred, got real popping. And I'm like, um Yeah. It was fun, man. That was yeah. That was a that was like a really uh like a weird I don't know. That was a weird day because we walked in. And I was like I don't know anybody. Like I don't oh, I man. can't match faces because like biggest fucking trip that that whole weekend or whatever. There was like there was like a handful of people I recognized. Like I recognized like John from Bizcas and I recognized you. Like you were one of the first people we came up to because you were the only one I like recognized. <laughs> Indy. I was like oh Indy hey, and that was cool. Yeah, no. So, yeah, we had just walked in there and Sam Sachs walks out and he goes, shit, man, Matt Van Dam's in there. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I got to turn around. Oh, oh, yeah, that was funny. And we were constantly going back yeah, and forth. Yeah, we, we were there. leaving. Yeah, we, we left. We were like walking down the street and someone was like, oh, yeah, Matt Van Dam was there. And we were like, we, we instantly just like looked at each other and just turned around and like started walking back because he's like somebody who's been supporting us for like a very long time. So we just had to go meet him in person. And, uh, nice. But like a lot of the people, like I didn't recognize and like people didn't like, you know. Yeah. It's, nobody, I don't really have we, pictures on my Facebook. I, sh- I think about it. I wanted to do, oh, maybe I'll message Alex about this. Yo, Alex, if you're listening, name tags. Oh, Everybody get, had, get those name I tags. I said that. I'm like, we all should have had like, hi, my name is on those. Yeah. Set. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that would, oh, that would be a cool. great idea. But yeah. Um, yeah we're, we're, like, forget. Go ahead. I, f- I was just gonna say I feel like the tape swap though I feel like that really wasn't a, a tape swap I know, you know? I feel yeah. like the, I feel like like nobody I feel like nobody really brought their own tapes and was like hey I want to trade you know no one really 
did that. Yeah, there were f- there were a few people, but yeah, like ten. Well, they did. It was pretty hot in there. I couldn't, and much less. Oh my god! Yeah, I have a heat stroke. We did. There was like a tape swap like um, session. I mean, there was like vent. There was like vendors and things like that. But like besides that, I really didn't see anybody like pull out tapes and was like, oh, like I have this tape. Let me trade. For- yeah, before you guys got there, there was one at like right when it started at noon or like one. Ah, uh, in the back and. Yeah, there's like six people or something, maybe eight. Uh, uh, we got some great footage of the outside stuff, though. Like you guys haggling. Like I have you on. Oh yeah, on- that was fun. I have I have some really. Uh, I forget who it was. I think his name is Iku. Yeah, that that's it? Ian Iku. He, he yeah he took a bunch of. Um, that's that's what I'm talking I, about. Yeah. He would, he would, yeah, he was filming us, and he sent me a bunch of stills, like edited stills from like his footage. I guess nice. I have all those saved. I've been meaning to post them. It's just you know I just haven't gotten around to it. I have them all saved still. Maybe don't, because I'm gonna release that video on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll, hang, I'll hang on to them, okay. or maybe like I'll post them to like coincide with this, and I'll be like, "Hey, go check it out." Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, or, or just don't, or just don't. Or you yeah, could, you, we we could li- we accident. could align our we could align our interests. Yeah, man, don't steal his thunder. <laughs> all right, that's fine. <laughs> we'll we'll provide sh- thunder for one another. No worries. Okay. But yeah. We kind of got really far off these. Questions. That's what we do. Damn, we should finish those shirts for econ too. So you guys aren't coming. Uh, oh man, I, I thought know. about bringing a shitload of the rejected LED prints that have like a little blurry or something, and just selling them all for two dollars. I got like a hundred. Oh of nice. Them. Yeah, people would so be down. Yeah, like I said, we have a pretty high Even tolerance of not liking how shit looks. <laughs> yeah, letting that shit out into Happens the wild. Yeah, so we just throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got you got one of those tapes, right, Indy? Does it have anything on it? A ruined one? Oh no, he got he got that one that was just printed you got on one of the... like some like I don't know John Denver yeah. shit. Did I? No, that yeah, I I handed you a the tape. tapes. Oh yes, yes, we, that's right. We handed out a, we handed out a few like not reject prints, but like they were just like think. I don't know, like some of the tapes just had like random prints on it. Like it would have like a Mind Spring print, and then like. I don't know, a VHS print on top of it. And it said like Electronicon 1 or something like that. I forget what it said. I think I have it here in my hands. We only had a few of those. And we handed those out to like some of our favorite people. You being one of them. I think you got the first one. Yeah. Probably the coolest one, honestly. Because I picked that out myself out of the ones we had. Wow, just discrediting everyone else. Well, yeah. He, I, 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 I recognize I him first. I and... just the same. So, Oh, here it is. Yeah, and it has, um, what's her name? Maria... Uh, uh, Maima, whatever she did, Sun Shower. Oh, the, the yeah, 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 you got one of the samples for the Messiah print. Yep, oh, we're all fucked, boys. That's a sample. That, that, yeah. was, that was one of our original <laughs> stickers. It's like a bumper sticker size one that we sent out with the original packs. Mm. Man, we used to do some really cool marketing shit. Now we're just getting a little lazy, admittedly. Fuck, I gotta bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that original idea I had for the Lush tape with the cardboard packaging, like a Matchbox car? Yeah, we talked about that. We said it was possible and we were going to do it for something else. Yeah. Don't you remember what I sent you? And we said, oh, shit, this is perfect. And we were going to make those. Mm, Never mind. We'll remember later. But yeah. But yeah, no, we're going to go through with that idea. It's one of our ideas that we've had backlogged since fucking... Yeah. I, it's always like me that I, I don't know. You've had like some crazy ideas too, and like they're only ones that like you know you could do. I'll have like some stupid ideas, like the like the framework tape or and the shrines tape too. 
You hate me for that one. I know it. Wait, are there any who, other cr- crazy ideas we can talk about that you guys are actually gonna? Who's a, who's a, finish, whose you know? idea was the lights? Was it my idea or your idea? Yours was the that was my idea. That was your idea. See, I still got you it. You came up with that. See, you still got it. That is the coolest fucking idea. Can we talk about that? Yeah. So we have um, the album "Into the Light" by Infinity Frequencies coming out, which will have an AJ card that illuminates you can turn it on and off and it'll glow it's got lights inside little reach little battery if it dies on you you can swap it out kind of like one of those uh like a watch battery it's it's it is it's one of those uh those birthday cards that sing kind of like that yeah oh yeah but we uh we designed this it has a full electronic board in it and the whole tape fits inside of it all fits inside the j card actually a shitload of work it's like we're making some high-end electronics, I can but some engineering right there. Uh, every Infinity Frequency album, we try to um, outdo what we did on the last one. And you know, the last one we had the yeah, we we fully LED printed the case, like six layers every side, all completely meshed around. That was my idea. I think that one. I know you didn't like doing that one. No, I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, that's a beautiful tape. I think we wasted a hundred or more, um, fucking of, of the, the cases. So ooh. that one, it was, it was just because the J card was already made. Like that, that album cover, like, is a J card. So it's like, it's kind of hard to like think of something to do that was like unique with it. And I was like, fuck it, let's just put it on the case and just have the case. No, be man, the you wanted to put lights inside of another tape which oh yeah and then i'm like yeah, let's take let's take that light idea and let's put it to use in another take but yeah so our, our our further idea is to be able to offer super small scale ultra custom like tapes like that down the line for other people so i mean we have a lot of things coming out like the tooth tunes the musical toothbrush oh oh my god yeah i forgot about those what toothbrush? that's an amazing name oh my no god. it's an actual toothbrush it's like you put you put it in your mouth and you just brush your teeth <laughs> and it plays music through the brush so you hear it inside of your fucking head as you like oh, brush damn. your teeth but yeah, yeah. yeah we're doing uh we're doing virtual resort on tooth tunes because <laughs> we, we were gonna do it on hit clips but then somebody put out a hit clip release. <laughs> hit clips. The hit clip release wasn't up to par. And we already had thought about it. And we're like, yeah, we don't want to put out a release to try to be like one up in somebody else. We're like, let's just do something different. Yeah. There were there was the burner phone idea too that we didn't do. Oh no, but no, that one's on the hook for the other one. So shut up about that one. I got I got that. The, the, that one's gonna come out. It's gonna be a great album too, but that's not skate slated to like May 2020. So mm-hmm. And um, no, we got two tunes. Yeah, two tunes. I don't know if do you did you have that in Canada? No, I don't. Do you know what that is? Maybe. No, man, they got them. It's just nobody who's unless you're out there looking for a musical toothbrush. I don't think you're gonna notice it though. Yeah, I don't think they're at the standard toothbrush store. <laughs> we just have normal toothbrushes yeah, in Canada. Yeah, you yeah. know, we got the nah. one general store. Everybody gets their toothbrushes there. <laughs> it's a community. Nah, but two tunes literally it would just like you brush your teeth and like the he- like the the neck of the toothbrush i guess like when it bends like it bends a little bit and there's like a like a it like triggers like music to play like literally through the toothbrush into your mouth and like you know like if you play like something like in your mouth or something or like if you, 
I don't know. Yeah, like, you can hear yeah, it within you know your when head you put because things of, like, in the... your mouth and play them. Yeah, it, like yeah. resonates weirdly. Yeah, it literally just like resonates through your head, and you can hear it because you can hear sound through like you know solid. We tried so, the Furby, yeah. but I didn't get too far on that one. It was turning out to be way too <laughs> time consuming. Vapor Furby. Yeah, it, we were. No, this is no like this. Like this sounds like a joke, but it's yeah. Like, I wanted yeah. it to say like oh, a Chuck E. Cheese like animatronic thing. This is what this is the shit we talk about. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, one of the more like, do you want to talk about the box or no? I don't even know which box you're talking I mean, about. The oh yeah, the new one, or the three the three tape. Yeah, go ahead. Oh the, yeah, the IF box. I mean, yeah. So like that box set, the three like the three D printed one. The infinity frequencies box set. Like people know that's coming. So like I guess it's easy to t- I don't know. I could talk about it. But um but yeah, that box, we've had that for so long. It was like, like that's four months that's ago. That's such like, a I saw it. We've been sitting on that for ever. Unfortunately, when we first started picking up those projects, I started building the shop and it got held back by so many things and it's just it's not even that. Just building a whole factory is kind of like a, a headache, and it kind of, kind of really slowed things down. That box was supposed to be out in May, but then it was looking completely different. And we were we were all in that same idea. We're like, we don't think this is special enough. We don't think this is special enough. And then Nick Nick just out of fucking nowhere goes, "All right, so what if we made the box a computer?" I'm like, I'm I'm. I'm like, what? What do you mean a computer? You 3D print a computer and you put the cassettes in it. So I'm over here like, all right, give me 20 minutes. Let me see what I can bang out real quick. And <laughs> and then I just started 3D modeling this two-part computer. I think we did like three days worth of test prints. And we finally made one. And then we went out and we sourced a plastic, which is, um, it looks like marble. Yeah, that like or it's like a cookies and cream yeah, color. Yeah, so almost. it kind of looks like a computer statue, and we take that, throw that into the LED printer, LED print it to make it look even more like a computer, and um, it's it's really fucking time consuming. Like everything that we oh, do yeah. is basically at a loss. Like, but it's um, it's fun for these projects. Like, there's no way we're going to recoup our money on this one. We're already so deep in this whole in this whole box that there's we're already like redesigned for yeah a lot of money but went to that. It's it's but amazing. Yeah, it's going to be amazing when it drops. I'm going to say yeah, it's, exactly. I'm, I'm not. I may be a little biased, but it's going to be the best vaporwave box set. Period. Hands down. Probably yeah, for sure. I mean, like it. It had started like I mean Zach was like 3D printing box sets and I thought that was cool in itself and like again like I was just like how can we make this cooler because like he would show me pictures like we have like so, how many how many like test prints of like boxes and like the J cards and stuff like you literally just like print the J cards and like stick them in a box set and like like this is the, this is what the box is gonna look like and we've had so many ideas like between like lights and things like that and I think that's kind of where the original like lights idea started but it would just be like this rectangular prism box set test in like a yellow plastic and i would see that and i'd be like i mean that's cool i guess but like you know it's just like this two-piece plastic rectangular prism and i was like how can we make that cooler so i said like yeah well i mean the whole thing is you know it's computer death computer decay and computer afterlife and i feel like you know the only thing that was appropriate would be to make it look like a computer so i brought up that idea and 
he did a fantastic fucking job modeling it and he modeled it in would you do like like not cad but like there was a couple of things that would you place but the problem is that i had to design a different kind of 3d printer to make it a little bit more printable so there i am building fucking 3d printers on a weekday when i need to be getting releases out because Nick wants me to put it in a computer now, like he runs the label. So, so there I am putting it in a computer. And I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of cool. And then usually I send it to my mom, and my mom loved it. So that's how I knew it was a hit. Well, it definitely is, of, like, man. Dumb ideas. I saw a little sample of it. I don't know what version of that it was, but I could definitely, I'm right there with you when it's, when you say it could be the most like, interesting Vaporwave box set. Uh, certainly distinguished <laughs> and infinity frequencies too. Like that's so perfect. I think that, I think that, um, you know, we have a relatively, um, unique relationship with, uh, infinity frequencies and, um, you know, I, I've really fucked up on the time frames and everything, but he, he, he clearly still loves and believes in our vision and knows that we're the ones to carry this out and um and we've uh and that's why we just keep you know hitting them out the park so between so yeah between these infinity frequencies mind you was also the very first artist i actually wrote to and um he told me no and uh i I would write back to him literally every single month asking him if if he wanted to work with me and then one month he came to me and said that he was ready to work. And then that's when we hit it out of the park with that local news with the TV cover. And then it's just, uh, it's been a great match. And uh, I'm going to keep doing those and see what other boxes are on our horizon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We have a few exciting stuff, guys. It's really cool. And shout out to you guys once again. I just got to say for pushing the envelope with physical releases. Oh, we're trying to, you know, help everyone here, you know, and, uh, you know, now that we're also doing releases for other labels, you know, it's, we're not really greedy in any sort of way. We just want everybody to have the best physicals possible. And, you know, Vaporwave has a lot of unique minded people, but, you know, the, the, there hasn't really been ways to get a lot of those ideas out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So... And, uh, what what exactly is it of, about vaporwave that you guys love so much that keeps you you know pushing the envelope like i said uh listening to it consuming it i don't know how much you guys like vaporwave in general actually but you seem to produce a lot of it i mean the label isn't strictly vaporwave but then again vaporwave doesn't really hold a solid title across anything yeah it's like a methodology i think within vaporwave there's just so many subgenres. like you have like you know vaporwave is like kind of this umbrella term for every kind of not i wouldn't say every kind but like most experimental electronic music nowadays i guess i wouldn't i wouldn't say every you know i mean there's some artists like uh zero who just kind of you know he kind of breaches that you know dungeon synth you know genre but like i feel like vapor you know with vaporwave there's slush wave and mall soft and signal wave and all those other small wave john you know there's like certain genres that just kind of like fall under the vapor umbrella and i feel like vapor wave is just kind of this again umbrella term to define those genres 
but all the all those genres are being brought by some extremely original people out there who who somehow found themselves in this um in this group of people that um I guess we call our friends. Yeah. I mean, there's some people like uh I mean, just to name a few, just like Asutenki in general. Like we worked with him recently just because he's doing things that, you know, other people aren't exactly doing. And, you know, he's I mean, he consistently puts out music and, you know, he's a very, very nice guy. You know, I talk to him kind of frequently in his server, you know, through like text and stuff. And he's always down to work with us. And, you know, I feel like he's kind of the person that, you know, defines, you know, the subgenre known as signal wave, you know, and I feel like he's one of the people that like, you know, I wouldn't I don't want to say like not deserves to be like on our label, but like he's someone that I feel like we should have. And he's like, well, there's artists that have an idea they want to make come to fruition and then there's artists that we have ideas that we want to make happen for them so it's a it's a combination and then if we if we keep vaporwave going and get it to the next level then you know it's better for everyone as a whole (laughs) not only as like ourselves as owners but like it's good music you know we get it out to more of the world yeah and i feel like a lot of people kind of forget like the old stuff you know that's like i think really i guess you could say where the infinity pool started like zach said like where him and grant were just looking through the vaporwave essentials guide like the very first one the very first one is just like most of those weren't on tape or on any kind of physical they were just digital you know files and people can enjoy them that way but you know I myself go out of my way to find people who are just like forgotten or, you know. Most artists tell us like, we're really surprised that anybody's still interested in this album or something like that. And I'm just, how do you, how do you forget that? And, you know, and like, yeah, how do you forget you did this? And, you know, I feel like as a whole. I guess it's been a long time. Yeah. Artists in, in general in Vaporwave, like some of them put in way more time than others, but as a whole, the pay isn't, fantastic compared to the amount of hours put into some of these and like a lot of these albums just like sit pay aside it's like damn you put in a shitload of work into this album to let it go away so we brought albums to like that you know needed to be heard alpha centauri was completely a lost album you couldn't find it anywhere on the internet except for some random zip file on some random mega (laughs) and then we had to track him all the way back down to figure out how to put that album out. He had lost all the original files and said, do with what you got. And that, that album sat for a very long time. There were copies of that available at least two years after it was made. Has it been two years? You know, after we made the, yeah, I think. March 26th, it says. 2018. 2018? Yeah. Man, I don't Did you not make that in 2017? No, man. We weren't doing shit in 2017. Damn, I guess this coming year will be two years then. I lost track of time. Maybe it's a short record, so maybe that's why. It is a short record. Probably. I mean, not yeah. almost 10 It minutes. was cheap, though. But it was also priced way cheaper, yeah, than the other. It was way cheaper, yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice. That's, it's so nice, this tape. I wish I got a copy of that. Uh, and the album, just so everybody knows, is The Dream of Metadata, if you want to check that out. Yeah. The, um, you know, there's, you know, a tape we have coming that, we're really excited about uh, Lush by Ferrari Jackson. Ooh. That tape, that's a super interesting one because 
um, the digital files for that album aren't online anywhere. Like they're not online. And the only files or like even way to listen to that was through a, a tape rip. You know, there's a few people that put up like actually have the cassette and ripped it and put it online. But the most interesting about that, you know, the most interesting thing is like those tapes were dubbed too fast. The ones on Culture Dealer. So oh. the, that audio is is actually incorrect. Really? You know, according to the artist. Yeah. So they're dubbed like faster than they should have been than the original files were. And I think just, you know, given, you know, tape decks in themselves, like, you know, they can be flawed and they can play tapes like a little fast or a little slow. So there's no way to like truly experience that album. And I found Ferrari Jackson like pretty easily, honestly. Zach, wouldn't you say like I found him like I was just like, hey, I, I found this dude, you know, he could put out his tape if you want. And this would again, this is one of the ones that's been sitting since uh probably March. And, you know, I found him and he was, yeah, we just got around to making it. The biggest thing was he didn't want the original design, like the cassette design. He wanted to do something entirely different. And we kind of had to accommodate him. But it took like we asked a few people, like we came up with some of our own designs and we really had to sit on every variation for a long time to feel it out. And like we were we had a design that we liked. We were ready to go, but we knew that he didn't like it as much. So then one day I just came in, I was I was feeling the juice and I just cranked out an amazing one i sent it to him and he's like this is exactly what i wanted and i'm like all right there we go we got the tape let's let's finish it up so yeah yeah instead he didn't want it to be like overly sexual theme like because the original one had like a woman's lips eating a strawberry like kind of seductively and like he didn't want like anything to do with fruit or anything to do with that woman on it he wanted it to be like entirely like racing themed like formula one racing looking thing i mean our cover literally our cover still has the woman in the strawberry, but we did it in a really tasteful manner with some diamonds. It's a great cover. It's um, actually it's one of my I think it's one of my favorite covers. So, yeah, you came up with the the diamond idea for that. But like he didn't he didn't want any of those, you know, the original ideas. He wanted it kind of all redone. So we sat on that for a while and we asked a few people like after we were kind of, you know, not feeling the designs that we were coming up with we asked a few other people and they didn't really do what we wanted. And it comes down to like, if we didn't do it, we're probably not going to be happy with it. You know, like we kind of have to do it ourselves. You know, the best way to do something is to get it done yourself, you know, and it's kind of hard to tell somebody what you want. And then, you know, what they think and what they picture in their mind is probably something completely different than what you're thinking and not being able to articulate really what you want is kind of frustrating, especially for, you know, Ferrari Jackson, he, told us kind of what he wanted, but he was just like, I want this, you know, I want like racing flags, that kind of thing. And he kind of gave us a basic idea of what he wanted. He sent us like some stocks that weren't like too great. And we just kind of pushed that aside for, I don't know, months. I mean, among other things, you know, between the factory getting built and everything, we just put that project aside. And then again, like Zach said, one day he came in, he put together some kind of design. I added my input. Um, we have like a, you know, like a, a street scene that's like red and it, it, it was exactly what he wanted and we showed it to him and he was super happy with it. I guess that's the current dynamic of the label. Yeah. We just bounce things between the two of us until, until we're happy with it. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems to be a great chemistry, guys. 
Yeah, thank you. No problem. So, are we? <laughs> can we expect a tape for that uh, Ferrari Jackson record? Yeah, uh, the audio is already up. The correct audio, the full A side and B side, uh, they're up. They're up on Bandcamp right now. I could drop the, it right now. You could drop it right now. They're pretty much finished. They are finished. All right, it's good. I just we just wanted to let everyone breathe today because there's a handful of releases out there, and we'll let everyone else get in. Holy on it. shit, is there ever? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's let everyone else do their thing and get everyone to recover money. You know, on behalf of all of vaporwave tape consumers. Yeah, today was crazy. I spent like three hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, the the original digital audio, like the proper master. Th- this new cover looks fucking good too. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's no. I, I think on the general release, there's no Ferrari on it. No, right? no. There's nothing. That's not gonna look like that. It's gonna like like Zach said. It's gonna have like diamonds on it. That woman with the strawberry will be on it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. It'll it'll be out soon, sometime soon. But yeah, you can enjoy the full audio right now on Bandcamp. I don't even I'm know. Listen if I, to it after this. I'm not sure if I posted even any pictures of it. But the reason the audio was sped up was because the original tape was a C20, and then sent audio that was longer than, or yeah, it was like longer than that, longer than the length of the tape. So they had to compress it. Oh, I see. Yeah, because it's a 20 minute tape, right? Yeah, it's pretty much yeah. Just under twenty minutes, but one side is ten minutes five seconds. So you know. Oh yeah. So the whole the whole thing is dubbed like too fast. I see. So all the original tapes are just like if you, if you hear the tape rip that's on YouTube and then you listen to the one you know, or if you're just familiar with the album in general and then you hear the one that we posted on Bandcamp, it's it's a trip because it's it's way different and I think it just changes the whole experience. Just that like that pitch shift this is also our oldest album i think this one came out in 2011 originally which predates almost everything yeah, it was it was way old you know it's forgotten and i think like you know you know we're hoping people will enjoy it you know and support it but fuck yeah bring him up bring him back because you're breathing new life into it basically exactly yeah and like again he was just he was easy to find some people were trying to like track him down forever and like we hear all the time people are like how'd you find these people you know like infinity frequencies like you know people like we're on like a we talk like we talk to him like on the phone and stuff i think the way we find music and the way we approach artists is kind of different than most people yeah i'd say well you guys are super cool and i like talking to you (laughs) so thanks i'm not surprised i mean there are certain people that we talk to pretty regularly and then there's other uh like bodyline for instance i was like hey we want to put out some stuff and he was down so you know we approach people with certain ideas like we want to put out like their original stuff like with waterfront dining like we put out his self-titled like that's like the first release on his band camp mm-hmm. or not his self-titled uh feels rather oh right right the self-titled will probably come soon but uh i don't know if i should say that that's fine nice but, uh, the self-titled never <laughs> got a tape did it nope there's a lot of his stuff that hasn't got a tape he's got a lot of backlog and you know he's a giant in vaporwave but yeah so Again, like it goes back to like with Bodyline, I hit him up for like some of his oldest stuff. And he was like, I think Framework would be the perfect tape, you know? And that was one that I feel like I kind of did start to finish. Like there's a lot of them that like Zach will do or like I'll get it. And then Zach will like design everything or he'll um, he'll like get the idea for it and like put it together. Like with Desert Sands, that tape, he kind of, Zach did the whole, um, he did the whole like, uh, like, 
the, you, you didn't multi-layer. Well, you you couldn't you couldn't design that tape unless you had the printer in front of you, yeah. And able to pretty much yeah. layer by layer, but that one came out really well. It was a fun tape. And then again, body line. And he's just one person. He's from Italy, and we put it out, and we pretty much haven't heard from him. He's very quiet on social media. Oh man! And then. And then Nick goes and throws out the hardest fucking idea for a tape. I had to take apart every single shell, LED printed from the inside, and then reassemble all of these shells <laughs> and then make them all, and then LED print them from the outside, but make sure it prints evenly. So, man, that was one headache of a tape. But, um, you know, some when some artists let us just have more fun, we can get creative to an extent. Yeah, there's some people that are just, that was the uh, framework tape. That was that one? No? Yeah, that was the framework tape. The framework tape is, so looking at the album art, you look at it and you see, you know, the woman on like a puzzle piece, like plane, like it's like a, just like a 2D plane and she's sitting and there's like VHS static. And, you know, I just kind of looked at that and I thought, you know, I get it like a VHS looking vibe to this. And I was thinking, you know, back when I was young and I had like, you know, not like a tube television, like with like glass and it was curved, you know, it was like a big boxy looking television. And I thought of like VHS tapes on that because I was young, you know, when I had that kind of stuff. So um, I took that idea and I thought, you know, like when you're when you're watching something on like a tube television or it's like a CRT television, you see like you see how like the glass is like curved and you can see like the thickness of it in front of the picture because of the way like that kind of television works it projects the image onto the screen but the the screen is glass and it's so thick that you can just like see the thickness of it you know what i mean so i thought like it'd be kind of cool if the album cover was printed on the inside of the shell that way you can see the thickness of the shell in front of that art and then like led print what looked like a tv around that you know, around that picture. Yeah, so as soon as I get you out here, disassembling all these tapes and reassemble it, I'm going to calm down with these crazy ideas a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's small things like that. And it's like, that's never been done. Like I, I've never seen anyone print anything on the inside of the tape and reassemble them. Like, so that was something special that I feel like kind of went unnoticed almost. I mean, that tape did really well. i like sold out. Everyone loved it. And, but I feel like the, you know, that was something that I came up with that a lot of time went into. And, you know, nobody, I don't know. It's just one of those things that it's such a small touch, but it's not like, I feel, I'm not going to say nobody appreciated it because a lot of people appreciated that tape, but it's, it's a lot of time went into it. You know, a lot of time and effort goes into that kind of thing. And well, people appreciated it because it sold out. And if these people didn't buy these tapes, we wouldn't have been able to build this uh, shiny new factory and uh, give the world more tapes. So, yeah, no, no, I'm definitely not shitting on anybody. I don't want to make it seem like I'm shitting on anybody or the fans or people who support us because we love you all. And, you know, we hope you enjoy everything we put out. But at the same time, you know, a lot of work goes into stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just want to make people happy. I got mad respect for you guys. Let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, Where did the name come from, Infinity Pool? Well, um, so that's a grant no it's it's it was a both of us thing so infinity pool is a swimming pool in which there is no rim and it looks like the swimming pool goes on for infinity and um basically grant and i spent a lot of time 
sitting and looking at um, luxury real estate and uh, luxury house rentals across the world. And we constantly wanted to find one that had uh, infinity pools. We keep making like jokes like, do they have an advanced filter specifically for infinity pools? So infinity pools just kind of became our thing. It's like if we're looking at an exotic house somewhere to stay, we have to make sure it has an infinity pool. Like everything is started like out as jokes about infinity pools. And like, um, I guess one day we were just trying to brainstorm names and um, we just wanted to, we made it a little bit more vaporwave, dropped the infinity out of normal words and we spoke like car brand and um, also had to shorten up to some kind of um, legible acronym and it, it kind of worked out. Everything that we kind of do like name wise and everything like that is like kind of been like on a whim, like in one of our previous businesses, we had a product called The Crane. And the reason we came up with that name, we just opened up Google, typed in random word generator, hit noun, <laughs> hit search. That was the first word that came up. We're like, all right, let's call it a day. Yeah. And um, and yeah, it's um, it just kind of stuck. So, you know, the goal is have a house so big that you got your own infinity pool. And that's okay to have. For sure. That's a super cool idea. I actually love that idea of the infinity pool. I'm writing an article with, um, oh, fuck, what is their name? They're a fan of the podcast. They're listening. On the Cat Corp episode, I mentioned how Utopia, uh, like virtual and other things like that, kind of like the infinity pool as an example, kind of freaked me out because it's so awesome, but it's like scary at the same time because it goes on forever like you're in purgatory basically right you're in the deep end. uh in the deep end so we're we're writing an article about that how utopias are dystopias sort of uh something along the lines of that so i might use your label in that article if you don't mind oh, of course that'd be cool yeah mm-hmm. go for it so what what do we got left here to talk about i don't know there's a lot of stuff probably I think we've done two questions. Probably, yeah. We've only scratched the surface. <laughs> I will. I kind of work the questions in as I go. So we've done actually a shitload, like more than half. Um, um, we still have half to go. <laughs> I'm down. I'm, I'm good to talk for another hour or three. Can we talk about the process of actually, like you talked about your 3D printing designs and things like that. Um, that seems to be kind of the thing that distinguishes you from other labels is uh you know going above and beyond like we said and like how exactly does the process work and how did you guys learn how to do it is it trial and error or i mean have you been that's, that's a zach, that's that's definitely a zach question i don't touch any of the releases in terms of like the physical aspect the only thing i really do when it comes to the releases is i'll either like design a j card or i'll throw in like yeah that works too photoshop and shit yeah yeah that's pretty much my like the whole framework j card like i remade that entire album cover from the original stocks like that the, the problem with that cover is yeah I had to like redesign it and the light design one, like I had to like redesign that. There's a lot of them that I go ahead and I'll like rework things to make them look, you know, presentable in a J card form. But when it comes to like the printing and stuff, I don't handle that stuff. On the physical end, 
basically every aspect of cassette manufacturing is the main aspect of a previous business of mine and whoever else was involved at the time. Um, like, for example, you know, to maintain this equipment, you basically have to be an electrical engineer. Nobody like knows how to repair half these things. On top of that, you have to like become knowledge in every single kind of printer, printing medium, inks, ink types. You have to like learn everything. And everything kind of was picked up in a separate business. And when we got right. here, we didn't realize how much of it was just parts of everything. So because of that, we're able to make everything just, we're able to understand everything a little bit better. So when Nick gives me these ideas, he has those. I know the the best way to take that idea and produce it into a physical object, whether it be a toothbrush or just a design inside, um, everything can be done. So it's once we have the general scope of everything, yeah, sometimes it's like, you know, you have you go into Photoshop and you just design that. And sometimes you have to like take it back and it's like just go straight to print, try some different things, try some foil. It's just it's, you eventually kind of get good at it. <laughs> and then you can you already know the direction you want to take something. So it is it's a little bit of trial and error. But like I said, before we even had the label, we were making CDs. And with that, we were able to really stretch our legs and understand the mediums that we were getting into before we actually got into them. Yeah. And how did you learn the whole 3D design? He's always learning things every day. And he always like, he always like try to explain something to me, like how the printing process works. Oh my, I'm always trying to like send him like little like gifs of how things work. Like I specifically remember, actually, Actually, I've sent you like six gifs of explaining how different printers work. I know I sent you the one for explaining how different inkjet heads work. Then I sent you the one explaining how laser works the other week. I'm always sending him like different like gifs. And then I'm like, you know what? I know that none of this matters, but I feel like if you maybe understand a little bit of this, then you can understand a little bit of. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what I have to go through to make this. So pretty much. But I mean, <laughs> appreciate me. But I mean, as far as like learning new things, like, the 3D printing, that was another one of our previous businesses. Um, we spent a lot of 2012 to 2016, 17 in the cannabis industry. And um, we made a handful of products for them, specifically a type of um, oil, uh, oil concentrate vaporizer. They are called electronic nails. Uh, I want to get into our brand and all that, but we uh, we manufactured a 3D printed one, and basically we had shitloads of colors. People loved our colors. You could customize it, do two colors. It was all about making something perfect for you, customizable, different in in a field of like boring shit. And you know, same mentality uh, that we bring to the Infinity Pool, but if we were bringing it to making cannabis accessories, and um, you know, we had to basically build a 3D printing farm to do that. And we were 3D printing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The sound is ingrained in my head. Sometimes I lay in bed and we I look at I look at Vic and we just like think about the printer noise because we used to have all the printers in the house when we were working in the house. And it used to be the most annoying thing at night. And now it's 
now it's quiet. So what does it sound like? Oh man, it's just like me, 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 me. It's just like it's like <laughs> he sends me he sends me videos all the time. And it's like it, it literally sounds like that. It's like it's just like eh, eh, eh. it just kind of goes. It's just like this head that just goes back and forth. It's like the fucking well, that the LED printer is a little bit quieter, but that one they're all annoying. It's, just, it's always annoying sounds. He he sent me videos of that, and I'm like, how do you listen to this all day? I feel like I'd go insane. He's just like, I just I just hear it. Thank you for your service. Yeah, I, uh, I do it for everything. But unfortunately, not being able to, um, for all these noises in the shop kind of, kind of fucking bit me in the ass the other day. Because, so I mean, my shop's pretty, pretty big. You know, it's like 6,000 just square feet. In the back corner, working on an LED printer, recording some noise tape that I don't really like. And, um, but I, I had it on low because it was a Saturday. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon. Nice day. My front door at the shop just unlocked because, you know, maybe somebody needs to come get some tapes made. So I'm over here on the printer. Doo, 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 doo. And then all of a sudden the recording stops. And I'm like, great. The deck's fucked up. Typical. So I wait a second. I finish the print. I walk over into the recording room. I look down. The laptops are closed. And I'm trying to think in my head, did I walk over here and close these? Am I like on drugs or something? And then like, I realized that what I'm looking at are actually the laptops that were below the recording laptops. And all the cables are unplugged from the top. Somebody walked in within like 10 seconds, walked straight back to the recording room, closed three laptops. Walk right out the front door, stealing my keys in the process. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my God, dude. I'm so sorry. Broad daylight on a Saturday in a nicer part of Colorado. I specifically got my shop over here because we're surrounded by like million dollar houses. And, and this just, this kind of happens. So that, that kind of uh, backed up our our week a little bit because now we had to turn this place into like Fort Knox and like 4K cameras. It's going to be looking like a Marvel movie if you try to break into here. And like, oh yeah, so the worst part, besides feeling stupid that I was inside of there, everyone's like, well, at least you have your health. At least they didn't do anything. It's like, well, I'm, I would have, maybe it was probably some drug addict. I probably could have like, I don't know, chased them and got my shit back. But like then at night, I had to barricade the shop because they stole my keys. And I'm on top of this ladder, like 10 feet in the air. And then yeah, I guess I fell and I busted my head open and I broke a toe. And I, I was pretty bruised up for like a few days, couldn't be walking. And um, I felt like I got my ass beat in a robbery, but I did it to myself at the end of the day. Oh, my God. That's too funny. Yeah, that was my Saturday. <laughs> Someone broke in and stole my shit. Oh, yeah. Is that why you're all dinged up? No, 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 no. And then the next morning, I, I walked into the dispensary all sad still. And I was like, man, I got I got robbed. And I'm like, it wasn't that much. Just a few laptops. I'm going to be good. And they're like, man, somebody fucking crashed in through our wall, came in and stole all the fucking jars we had on display. So I'm like, man, somebody is out here. People out here in Littleton, Colorado, robbing broad daylight. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Well, you know what? <clears throat> check, check this out. I don't know if you thought about this yet. I just thought about it. You have, you don't have that person to thank, obviously, but 
if they didn't steal those laptops, would you have known if your keys were missing? Man, so here's the thing. So I had just been outside and I was talking to my neighbor and I walk in and I see my keys on the floor in the front because I usually just drop them as soon as I open the door. And I thought, damn, I want to go to Taco Bell. So in my head, I thought I picked up the keys and I took them somewhere else in the shop. And then I had to basically tear the whole shop apart because in my head, I'm like, did they steal the keys or did they not? But it got me even more mad because my I broke my iPhone and I had a replacement screen. I even told Nick I have a replacement screen in the box, right? And then his iPhone's the most ghetto iPhone. The the gla- like the camera. Okay, we we don't need it. We don't need to degrade me on air. The camera doesn't have glass in front of it. <laughs> so yeah, no. So then I'm like, I went to go replace it the other day, and I tell Nick, well, I guess I forgot my screen at home, but I somehow brought the wrapper. But now the more. The more I'm thinking about it, this motherfucker probably stole the screen thinking it was an entire phone or some shit. Oh, yeah. Like, and just like... Because the picture. Yeah, I'm like, God. I'm like, fuck. Now, now I'm going crazy. Like, if I had, I bought another screen on Amazon. I gave up. It's not working me going anymore crazy. But now now there's all these, like, little things that are going missing. And I'm like... Exactly. I'm all paranoid. <laughs> like, did I, did I get it stolen? Is it in here? But it got me the most mad because this man or woman or what i did not steal my wallet that was right in open air they could have stolen my wallet that had my address on it then used the keys on my keychain i don't know none of this makes sense it was just a really bad time fuck so yeah dude the moral of the story is that this place is now locked up and we got good security and i'm probably gonna get a rottweiler yeah (laughs) well at least it was like a small thing that you know wasn't all of your printers went missing. Well, I guess you can't really steal that. The thing is that they like moved over a two thousand dollar DAC that we had on the computer. It was a new tube DAC, and they just moved what's, it. Over. What's a DAC? Digital audio converter. That we pump that out. It goes from USB, goes through nice tubes, makes it nice and warm before we record. They took that off of the third computer, set it on the ground, and even unplugged the USB drives. And then just went off. But damn, how ballsy that they that they stopped the music when they could have taken the three laptops below him and they were already unplugged. Uh, the more I think about it, it just gets me unnecessarily aggravated. But I learned my That's lesson. That's so absurd. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Well, I hope uh, you were recouped, recuperated and, and all that. Oh, yeah. We're back in and you have a Thanks. Yeah. Crazy. So you guys produce a lot of different types of physicals. You have mini discs, you have tapes, you have vinyl, you've got toothbrushes. <laughs> um, we actually so have what the exa- remains of part of the 3M floppy disk manufacturing facility as well. Really? So we can expect some floppies to come to come out soon? Or? Oh, I don't know. There's way too much shit on my plate until I get some more employees yeah. on board. <laughs> yeah. I keep I keep giving him projects. I keep getting like tapes and stuff. And he'll like literally he'll just be like, you got to stop. He'll just be like, you got to stop. We have too much already. And I'll just keep going out and getting people. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, there, has, there haven't been many floppy releases since Strudelsoft announced that first he was stopping and then he was starting again. So uh, I messaged yeah, Nick and told him to that. go buy Strudel Soft, but he didn't listen to me. Someone else was out there buying labels too. Who was that? Probably just Paper? Us. Who was it? 
Vape Error was saying he wanted to buy your Vaporwave labels, but I, I think that was a joke. I don't think that was... Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was serious, but yeah, I saw the tweets mm-hmm. about it. He's like, I'll buy your Vaporwave label. Remember when I wanted but, to buy Dream? Yeah. The Dream catalogs? Or you cut out? Yeah. Crazy, man. That almost, that almost happened. Wow. Yeah. Nuts. Didn't, though. Yeah. yeah. But that would have given us, you know, access to... It worked out anyways. And we... And, and we got to work with HKE, who is um, one of the most unique um, people out there. Shout out, mm-hmm. HKE. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we'll see what yeah, other vinyl, fun right? projects we can get. Hopefully he starts uh, shipping out those uh, new 2814 bundles. Yeah, it's been a little while. I, I forget when he said it, but for me, I don't... I don't rush people, man. I'm waiting on tapes from like forever ago. It's like no, whenever I, somebody posts, maybe it's because like, I have so many. And whenever somebody posts like about dream that ship, and I'll get it out. I'm sure. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure. I'll hope. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, I was going. I was about to ask a question. You you have all these different types of physicals, MDs, blah blah blah. What mm-hmm. is your most favorite one for each of you? I mean, mini disc, hands down. I yeah, you're a big fan of the mini. Mini disc was my generation. I remember walking into FYE, Sam Goody, going in there and just seeing all the mini discs. Fucking expensive. And um I remember I got my first mini disc player around that time. I don't know how old that was, 12, 13, 11. But shit, the iPod came in right around then too. And um but hands down, the mini disc is the best format. Just it's the last, the last frontier of physical audio mm-hmm, sort of like the newest um yeah i love it as too. far as physical sure. was pushed before digital made the push i guess it was digital but it was still physically it was digital but it was a physical yeah yeah uh i mean for me for me i guess it's i guess cassette i suppose i mean i only co- i only collect vinyl and tapes and like vinyl's cool but you know there's so much more you could do with tapes i mean they have their ups and you know each each medium has its pros and cons you know it's hard to pick a specific one, but I feel I have way more tapes than I do vinyl. I have like easily over like a thousand tapes. Yeah. And all of it's just trash and almost to hear noise and power electronics and oh. industrial music, that kind of stuff. So oh, cool. You know, <laughs> it's, it's that's what it is. So you have a love for tapes outside of Vaporwave. Oh, yeah. I mean, I Vaporwave doesn't really scratch the surface of my collection. How did you get into tapes? Uh, I think I said this earlier. I, uh, yeah, I might have. Yeah, I I said um, like I started I started with vinyl like as just a medium because I guess vinyl was coming back. I was into like like pop punk and stuff in high school and like I think my my first record altogether was um, I'll keep you in mind from time to time or I think it's just I don't know I forget what it's called. It's I'll keep you in mind from time to time by Moose Blood on uh, No Sleep yeah No Sleep Records. So that was like my first like record and I had like this shitty like suitcase like. Uh, the carrying case thing yeah like like not yeah it was like a suitcase uh you know uh turntable and i had you know that and through um my favorite rapper i mean for anybody that nick over know, here's the is, biggest uh, little ugly main and or like a fan in the world every single yeah. discog submission is from him He's the biggest Orm yeah. fan. He, uh, he even he got to that label just oh, yeah. like he got to me, and got all the best of it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Lil Ugly Mane is like you know. Do you know who Lil Ugly Mane is, Indy? 
No, I don't. Have you heard of him? No. Little Ugly Mane is a, a rapper who is, uh, I mean, he blew up on the internet through an album called Mr. Thug Isolation. And it's like Memphis style, like horrorcore kind of rap, like trap rap, that kind of thing. And I've always been a fan of him just like through the Call of Duty thing. Like we always use his music in videos and stuff. And that was just like super cool. So I've always been like a big, big fan of him. But prior to even doing the rap thing, and he did it as like a joke. It wasn't even like really meant to be too serious. But like prior to that, he made noise music under a moniker called Across or Across Church. That was just like the name he used. And he was always very elusive. He wasn't like very present on the internet. So like people, you know, as they do, you know, cult following, that kind of thing, they try to figure out more and more about the people that they like. And, you know, people dug up his old noise music and found like his MySpace pages and stuff. And he was in a group called Head Molt, which is from Richmond, Virginia. It, it, it stems very far, but that was pretty much my introduction, like my introduction to noise music as like a genre. And like, that's, I mean, I was in like high school or like college when I kind of, you know, early college when I kind of discovered that as a genre. So getting into tapes was through that because noise is such a, people, people don't realize how old and like how far back that goes that like predates, you know, probably all of us like industrial music goes back to like the eighties and that kind of stuff like noise. Yeah. But all of that music is so DIY and it was mostly on cassette and anything I wanted to hear wasn't online. So I had to find cassettes. And through that, I found um, like the first label I started like actively, like really trying to collect was, um, do you know the, the like the Death Grips tapes, like X-Mill and all those mm -hmm. bootleg ones? My one buddy is obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one's on a label called uh, Ormolica. That's, um, he's from New York. He, well, he was originally based out of Sweden, but anyway, he put out of like a bunch of music and like he put out like doom metal and you know, rap and just like all sorts of weird experimental genres. And that's kind of where I fell in love with like tapes is like collecting, you know, like noise and stuff. So that's kind of where my collection expands outside of Vaporwave. And yeah, that's why I said like at the beginning when the Floral Shop vinyl came out, that's really when I, you know, I started like collecting uh, Vaporwave as like a physical medium because I wasn't so interested in it until like that came out. I mean, I, I, I listened to it. Don't get me wrong. Like I, you know, I've listened to Vaporwave like you know, digitally and stuff, but it wasn't until like that came out that I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of cool. So, you know, it's a, the most popular Vaporwave album out there, you know, you know, hands down, it's gotten the most publicity and everything. So I figured might as well collect it. And I was like, you know, this is cool. And then I found out, you know, there's like, you know, Cat Corp vinyl. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. So I started collecting more and more. And then, yeah. And then Infinity Pool was like the first label I kind of fell in love with in the Vaporwave scene. But now it's all Photoshop. So... <laughs> That's my favorite label, like next to ours, for sure. Because they kind of embody the whole like DIY culture that I like in noise. But at like again, noise is so DIY. But like Photoshop does that in such like a beautiful way. Like when it comes to like the aesthetic and the way he makes everything, and everything is so limited. Like there's there's a formula, but there's like not a formula. You know what I mean? It's a perfect balance. What I love about Photoshop is how the tapes are always long as hell. I like I like a long tape. Mm -hmm. What do you like? He, he always puts them out in like weird numbers too. Like he'll put out one that there's like 20 of, like the most recent one, there's like 20, and then he'll put out one there's like eight. <laughs> He's like very like all over the place with that, but it's it's so cool. Shout out to you, Gage, if you're listening. Gage is the fucking best. And then you had Grant almost saw that one in front of you for eight dollars. Oh my god, yeah. I was, I 
Yo, Indy. So at the tape swap. Yeah, at the tape swap. Yeah. So I had Grant's backpack. Grant was on the other side of that fence, and there's a um, the the poly mono tape, the first poly mono tape on Photoshop. The first run, I think there were like five of them, and I think the second run there might have been like I, I don't know. It was less than like five. I think there was like five or fewer. And you know, this is a label I love and adore, and I've been trying to collect. And people, you know, even in the Facebook group, have just been like, "Oh, I gotta get ahead of Nick." collecting this label <laughs> I've, I've seen so many posts like that and like people will be like in search of this you know i gotta be you know so and so so but yeah anyway grant i pull out like this tape in grant's backpack and i turn around and i'm like you have this tape and you didn't like you didn't tell me <laughs> and it's sealed like it still has the sticker intact what? on it there's, yeah, there's, five, nine. there's five of these. yeah yeah there's like, both oh, yeah, there's nine of in, in his defense yeah. grant um grant moved out of my oh house. there's 10 there's one rare community one sorry oh yeah the community chest yeah one. no grant moved out of my house but decided to just not change his address uh, in the mail because he was always he was nearby but like he like didn't stop buying to my house so like he had like i don't know like a hundred packages and when he came over before we flew out for electronicon it was like christmas and he just like opened all of them so he had like a hundred tapes and he's just like, all right, I'm just going to take all these with. They're all sealed. Yeah. Brand so. new. Yeah. So like what, the one I have is a cl- is one of the clear ones, like one of the four f- clear ones from the first run. Because the second one, like the Wave 2, they're all like on white tapes. But like the four, he had one and it was sealed like with the sticker and everything. I pull it out of his backpack. I'm like, you have this? And someone was like trying to buy it. And I was like, no, 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 that's not for sale. <laughs> and I kept it. <laughs> well, why did he bring it? I mean, he was trying to sell tapes. He had a whole backpack full of just like stuff he was looking to trade and sell. Like he had like really obscure shit. He's re- he's reducing his collection a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. got true, true. I took over all the rare shop shit for the shop, but um, when we had all that other stuff, but it's like I can't track every fucking release. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. That's too much money. <laughs> yeah, I can't at least. There's only certain like labels or people I'll go after. Yeah, that's a good good motto because I'm broke. Yeah, I mean that's I feel like that's like a good way to I don't know I don't know if it's a good way to collect, but like I'm the kind of person that'll be like I'll attach myself to one label or one artist and just like go at it and like try to find everything from like a specific label until I complete the label. Yeah. So like Photoshop is like a good example of that, and like Infinity Pool at the beginning that was a good example of that too. I think one of the first things I hit up Zach was like, Yo, I missed like these first few tapes. Like sell them to me. Like, I know you have them, sell them to me. And he ended up selling me like a bunch of stuff. And then, yeah, <laughs> I've, I'm still missing like half the things you've ever put out, but you know, eventually it'll get there. Yeah. I was going to take, I was going to take them to New York and then like I got to the house and I had all these tapes and I'm like, well, fuck, I thought my suitcase was way bigger than this. And I had to leave it all the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still don't know what I'm going to bring down. I have I have some ideas, but like for trades, you know, like what do people want? They have super want weird rules. Of? I don't like the rules for the the new electronicons. They're like you can't bring tapes in. Like that's kind of ridiculous. You didn't even go. Yeah, to the I mean, I, get I don't. It. I, I think people are gonna do. I didn't even go to the first one, but like you know, I think there's no there's no way people aren't people gonna, gonna do, do it. Anyway. Like I don't know. The, they said the play the venue doesn't have a coat check, but they're gonna set up a temporary makeshift coat check and give you a little bag to carry around. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you're supposed to carry it around. I think you're supposed to put everything in a bag and they'll take it. Oh right. I think and they put it I they think put it's a like, number on they it. They said that's it was right. like a that's right. like a I don't know, like a sixteen inch by sixteen inch bag or something. You just put all your stuff in it and Yeah. 
Well, we're gonna have to do all trades at the tape swap. Yeah, Electronica is slowly gonna lose its um, DIY feel. It seems. Yeah, maybe. I the third one was announced, sort of though. So yeah, we'll see. kind of. He was like, he was like, oh yeah, we won't. We're not gonna do it till like next year. Yeah. So I mean, that's cool. Give people give people a break. Like the first one wasn't even over, and they were like, hey, we got this other one. Yeah. <laughs> and people like fl- people like flew across the country and like yeah. That's brutal. If I had just flown in from LA and I landed in New York and I opened up my phone, I see how Chronicon 2 is in LA. I'm going to be a little heated. I don't know. But then again, seeing being at Electronicon 1 is, I guess. Then you uh, can go to both. Yeah. It's, it's a life experience. You'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't there. <laughs> just the tape swap. Just the tape swap. Yeah, I had stuff to do. Yeah. I went to yeah, I went to New York, visited uh, my favorite noise uh, shop out there. It's in a it's in a little alley. It's the size of a closet. It's called Dead Gods. Shout out them. Um, yeah, so I fucking I visited them. People I've been speaking with over the internet for like mad long. Yeah, visited them, bought some stuff there. Came up to the tape swap with some noise tapes, and you know, nice. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Oh yeah, I met up with Zach. Oh, you know what's another thing we haven't mentioned actually was the uh, the Enmesh mini disc. We can talk about that. Please. Oh yeah, we or the the the, the mesh. I did Ed, not get one. You didn't get yeah, one. Sorry. I swear no. you did. No, yeah, no, no, we we uh we didn't give out. We sold one at the pre-tape spot, but we weren't even like really gonna. Also, sell any of them. I think that might have been the second album I messaged. Also, he told me no. He told me no about mm, a good two years worth of times. But when finally made this mini disc happen, it was um sort of a yeah. AI goal. I love doing every bit of it. And um, that one came out amazing. Yeah, so we were able to bring it. We were able to bring out a, a pretty unique product for e-com. Crank that out in yeah, literally one day. So it, w- it worked out pretty well. Um, you know, hopefully we can have something done for the next one. We'll see how things progress. We got a lot of things to do in the meantime. And that was a like an in-person econ only exclusive or, or what? Yeah, the thing is that a lot of, well, besides he played early, it was kind of weird how they were like, had merch times. And like, it was, I don't know, rather confusing. But um, a lot of people didn't know it was available or something like that. And then I think there was like six or seven that weren't sold out. Yeah. And by the time he he put him on his uh, band camp, and by the time he put his Facebook post live, they had already sold out. They were gone. Yeah, they sold very quickly. There's only 50 of them. And like, we had like, I think exactly like 50 or so at the at the thing. And like, we we brought them to the tape swap to show people because like nobody was going to know about it. He posted about them like the day before. And we we had them while we were sitting on the curb and people were like, what is that? And they're like, oh, this is the, you know, the dream sequence mini disc that's coming out tomorrow, like officially at the at the event. And people were like trying to buy it. Yo, one dude, he came up, he, I, I swear to God, like he out of like, I don't know, his jacket or something. He was like, he pulled out like a late night delight mini disc, like a Yu-Gi-Oh card, like his, like, like an ace up his sleeve. He pulls it out. He goes, you want to trade? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. I don't even know where he came from. Like, I guess it is a That dude came out of nowhere. He was like, Did we say he was yes? like, he was like, is that a dream? No, we didn't because we couldn't get rid of him. The only one we sold it to is John. Yeah, John. I, we didn't sell it. John just came and was like, you're, well, I'm going to take this. You can tell him to pick it up with me. I'm like, all right. Well, it's yours. <laughs> Yeah, that dude was funny. He came out of nowhere. Like literally, he like reached into like his coat, like like his ch- like the chest part of his coat, pulled out like a mini disc, and was like, "You want to trade?" Shout out to Yu Gi Oh Trader. Shout out that guy. We we should 
we should bring a car and sell out the trunk. I think that would be pretty. That would be fire. The back of an infinity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nice. But yeah. So, yeah, we brought them there to like kind of preview it and just show people like, hey, this is happening because like it didn't really get. It's it, like wasn't on our label. Like we we approached him and we made it for him like so he could release it like on his own. But we just wanted to manufacture it and like put you know the manufacturing company Siba Siba Media. We we put our credit on it. That was all we really asked of him. And yeah, Zach made it like literally as he was leaving, like like the day before. He brought them all, and then they sold. Like you said, like seven of them went online and sold out like instantly. So we're looking to do more of that with people. We're trying to work with a lot of artists um, individually in sort of a. not a way to get rid of labels, because I mean, uh, that's kind of counter. But, uh, you know, we want to give artists, you know, the ability to carry out their music without some intervention that they may not need. But, but you know, a lot of there's, you know, a lot of labels that are very hands on with the artists. And that's a very good, good thing. Then there's, you know, other labels that it's kind of you could do it yourself, it seems. And um you know, we want to we want to give artists a new a new venue out there that hasn't been available before. A little bit different on everything. There's there's so many levels to this factory that the end game here is we want the artist to be able to release something and they never even touch it. We manufacture it, warehouse it, store it, and ship it when it's sold. And that's what we're finishing gearing up for. Be a three sixty shot for everyone. Yeah. Alex did uh, all the design work pretty much on the, you know, like on the J card for the mini disc and even like the on body print, like he designed the whole thing. Like we gave him some templates. We were like, you know, we, we kind of, anytime we put out something, we kind of design it ourselves and do what we want with it. And we're lucky enough to have that kind of freedom when it comes to our releases. Cause some people will, you know, like Ferrari Jackson, like he'll have his opinion on what he wants and we try to cater to the artists, but you know, eh, he, he, pretty much had his whole design done and you know he had it exactly how he wanted it nice see so, yeah. you're making people's dreams come true making vaporwave dream again <laughs> <clears throat> okay i think we are getting close to the end here boys pretty much i don't know what else there really is to say you guys don't really like do what how do i say it? like you don't solicit uh submissions right um i mean Mm-hmm. it's uh um, like i said sometimes there's artists that come to us with certain ideas and we do uh back to kind of like one of the original points is that everything on the label is is calculated um every choice that we make was made for a reason and um you know every album that we sought out we had a place for usually when artists offer up an album to us it's like doesn't really fit in our big sometimes it does but sometimes it doesn't our goal is to be able to bring out another type of label where we can offer more um up-and-coming artists uh, a venue to make a physical release but also at the same time make them like super cheap something like six dollars or so 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 they're accessible to people not coming out as like a $13 tape for somebody you've never heard on an album that's eh, not the greatest album. But like if you, if we can give artists, say, uh, newer artists, smaller artists, something different, then, you know, it can kind of 
lead to lead to bigger opportunities. You know, you never know. They might become the next big artist and then, hey, they're on they're on the infinity pool the next week. But uh, it's all it's all part of the process. And like, you know, we're we're, we're mainly trying to help out, you know, niche, like just like from artists all around. It's just like, you know, not even vaporwave. So now that we've been kind of like more forthcoming about that group, we do have a lot more little artists who are coming to us just asking directly for smaller runs and instead of asking to be released on us. So it has been a trend in the last year that more people are asking for their own self-release than to be released on us. Are there things that people can do to reduce the amount of time it takes you to, you know, vet their submissions? Um, the thing is that at this time, we don't really even have like um, a method to bring on. Because in all honesty, I work at the shop from eight in the morning until midnight. Every single day I go home and get five hours sleep. Holy fuck. And I come back. Dude, you're going to die early, man. You got to stop. Absolutely. That. And Nick will attest to that because by the time he wakes up, <laughs> It's a, I'm already like, yeah he's already he's there. two hours like ahead of me so I I do this every day and like you know I'll, I'll go to, I'll go to sleep and he'll be working on something and I'll wake up and he'll be on his way to the shop already and you know he puts so much time and effort into you know what he does and you know I think without that you know there wouldn't be the infinity pool because like you know we have the ideas and we have the, you know, the dynamic that we do, me not actually being there, being able to physically help really kind of, I think puts a toll on things sometimes, you know, as much as I would love to be out there. The pressure. You know? Yeah. I do have a life here, you know, so. Yeah. Well, Nick listens to music now and that lets me not. And it, yeah, it gives me time. I have a lot of driving time. So maybe <laughs> I can listen to things like all the time. I'm always trying to find something new. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, great. When it comes to like artists submitting things, uh, I think we do advertise on social media. I think maybe in our bios, we're like for submissions, you can just email us. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know that we really get that many emails. In all honesty, usually we approach people um, as opposed to like we'll find you is pretty much what we're getting at. We we got okay, a fair okay. amount of submissions. I I listen to them and I try to respond back to everyone, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, like people DM us all the time. And like even on Facebook, too, they'll just be like, hey, like I'm this artist, you know, I just put out this album, you know, here's my band camp, check, check us out, you know, and I'll always try to give people the gratification of like, you know, maybe they did make something cool. And that's something that we do enjoy. And that kind of fits our vision. And, you know, I'll give it a listen, thoroughly kind of vet what, you know, what they're doing and see if it kind of aligns with us. And if it does, then, you know, it works out. To be 100% honest, there's some albums that I don't think I listened to until the point where I was recording them on tape or mastering them for tape. Well, there's times where like, I'll get something and I'll be like, we're going to do this. And he's like, okay. And then... So, yeah. I mean, it's like a combination of like, I guess it goes back to like our mixed musical taste and like how, how broad Vaporwave is. Like while Nick listens to all that, like shit, I like... Shit, you can catch me listening to like Regina Spector, Mother Mother, and like weird shit like that, and like the Beatles. I don't know. This this guy's never listened to Thriller by Michael Jackson. I've never listened to that at all. Like I've never listened to like Michael Jackson. Really. I mean, like I'm aware of like songs and stuff, and I you know I know some songs, but at the same time, I've never like front to back listened to like Michael Jackson or like a Beatles album. I've just never done that. I've, I have no interest. That's not my time, and I don't. I also have. I don't. 
Is that blasphemy? No, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I personally don't care. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't give. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not, there's nothing new. They're all, they're all dead. Well, okay. Anyways, but I think, but gladly you, you like with all your little weird scratchy nail music. Like it gives a good scratchy nail. It music. gives a good, <laughs> it gives a good broad um, idea of what we bring in. And like, we have a reach, I should say. We have a good reach on all the, all the corners of music, I should say. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. But if we don't get back to somebody or it's not for our label, it's not because of you. Your music's probably fantastic. Keep making it. Don't let us let you down. Keep making more of it. And shit, maybe we'll come back to you and we'll say we messed up. <laughs> and it's not, I, again, it shouldn't be personal, honestly. Yeah. I'll appreciate the clarification. Yeah. I mean, people are always feel like, you know, feel free to send us your stuff. And like, you know, I always look at Twitter. I always look at like Instagram and facebook and things like that i have my own personal email i don't advertise it anywhere but you can email me at uh nick at the at, at the infinity pool.com it's just my name at the infinity pool.com you can always send me something if you want yeah nice. if you talk to somebody on social media it's 99.9 percent nick or it's me just just getting really fucking loud on facebook because i've had a bad day <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man that stuff is fun too um okay well i guess do you guys have any one you want to shout out or anything uh, um, I, I don't know i mean shout out zach you know foremost <laughs> just because he kind of put me on and big time you know i am very forever grateful that he allowed me to have the position that i do with the label and that you know we've been talking for so long and mm-hmm. met in person had a great time at the tape swap you know and that we're doing something extraordinary for everybody you know i'm forever thankful for him mm-hmm. you know shout out to him uh, shout out to uh, i guess i should say photoshop again favorite label diy culture um Woo. shout out to every artist that's ever given us the opportunity to release your music you know we're thankful for you and we're thankful for you for you know putting your trust in us and allowing us to fulfill your vision as well as ours for you know the music that we love um I don't I don't know if there's any other shout outs. Shout out to everybody shout out to the fans, you know, for supporting us. Um should I name people in in particular? Because there's a few fans that like oh, we got all of them. They all know who they are. I mean and we got <laughs> Yeah, if you know who you are. If we if we talk if we talk to you like on you know, I message many people like on Facebook, like in DMs like quite frequently, and I'll just let people know, be like, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, if you think it's cool, let me know. And if you're one of those people, like shout out to you, because like, you know, you kinda have a say in what we do in like an indirect way almost well i feel honored for being one of those people <laughs> oh don't out yourself at least here and uh there's there's quite a handful of people out there who um who've grown to dislike me for one reason or another maybe because we fucked up an early release maybe because you got into it with me on facebook but it's um you know it's 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 a small it's a small world and there's a lot of us um, you know, some people are pretty vocal in the community and, um, you know, one person has actually not been as vocal recently. There's a person named Byra Gate, very vocal on VCC, very polar, always picking fights with people, but pretty educated at the end of the day. And he is very well, very well versed. He was in VCC every day. Well, apparently two weeks ago, he stopped messaging me in the middle of a 
just we had finally came to terms, apologizing. We both had decided that we had similar views and we wanted to move forward and that any, you know, nitpick we had in the past was just that. Well, Byra died in a car accident two days later. It's not very well known in the community yet, but his passing is going to leave a pretty empty spot in the community. So I see a lot of times people fight over stupid shit, get mad at one another, talk about Todd, talk about everyone. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all just people and bodies. We're just humans, yeah. And at any minute, we can all just be taken away. So some dumbass fucking fight on Facebook with a label owner isn't worth it. So if you have a problem with me, I apologize. I love every one of you. Whatever that we may have gotten into isn't serious. And we can all just keep living. Yeah, man. <clears throat> Thanks for saying that. That's uh, that's very touching, actually. I didn't know that. Crazy. Yep. And, um, you know, same with him, though. His last post, talking about how much he hates Matt Thorne from Power Lunch. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's that's just... That's just dumb. We just got to cut all that shit out. Crazy. Yeah, there's no there's no reason to be like fighting or beefing over anything. Like, you know, we all love the music at the end of the day. And, you know, it's not meant to be like as serious as some people make it out to be. Yeah, I guess when your life is vaporwave, maybe you have nothing. You don't have much else. Like you, you treat it like it's, you know, I don't know. Getting all philosophical now <laughs> <laughs> without being able to use words. Crazy. Well, Fuck, I guess we'll... Uh, is there anything else you guys you want to say before we, we hit the road or anything? That's a bad way to end it. I don't want to end it like well, that. Well, the only thing we got now is... Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 okay. it's okay. We're, we're going to do our best to move the community and everyone forward as a whole and try to bring this tape shit that we're all in, this vinyl shit, mini disc shit, to the next level. Not for us, for everyone. And we'll have some fun, make some money, and make some really good music. In the process. Uh, and some really bad music also, but it's for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what would you call the noise music? Some scratchy chalkboard music. Scratchy chalkboard. Scratchy something. nail music. Yeah. That's what he called them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I have nicknames for all of the poor music that Nick makes me record, but hey, some people love it. Oh, man. Like I said, all the music that he's been doing now for all these labels, it's all noise. Sitting here, he's like, I don't know what I'm listening to. Or like, it'll be like a black metal tape or something. He'll be like, I don't really know what's happening. But I love everyone, yeah. so I listen to it and I keep making these tapes. Yeah. Well, we love you for it, man. I certainly do. I can't wait to see you guys again sometime. It was so nice to meet you. Hopefully you come to Econ. That'd be nice. You can chill yeah. out and we'll see. grab a brewski. See how it goes. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cool. Yeah, well, big time. Let's do it. But uh, I got so much shit to do. I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to call it. All right. Yeah, I have to. I have to go to the post office now, making a late night run for everyone, so you can get. Don't you have like? Oh no, never mind. I was gonna say, don't you have like 15 minutes? No, it, but no, it closes. The, no, you got an hour and 15 minutes. Bless our post office. It closes at 10 p.m. on a Saturday. So wow. mine closes at central. Four. The central office. Yeah, so I'm just going to run down there, drop off everybody's uh, tapes, and then get back to making more tapes until midnight. Yeah. It's still early. <laughs> yeah. And I got to get back to this paper. I haven't written a single word. It's due tomorrow at midnight. Crazy, man. 
Well, good luck. I hope our conversation inspires you guys. <laughs> and it was a really nice treat for me to uh, get to know all that stuff about the label and you guys personally. And I hope everybody likes the episode. I think they will. All right. All right. All right. Take care, guys. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, man. Okay. You have a good night. Thanks, dude. Thank you for everything. I appreciate you. Anytime. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. L- later. So uh, Zach didn't get a chance to say bye. And uh, just shortly after Nick and I said bye, we got a message from Zach saying, holy fuck, my phone just fucking blew up like a Samsung Galaxy. (laughs) So I'm sure he said bye. And uh, thank you, Zach. Thank you, Nick, for coming on the show. It was such a treat to have you on here and to learn all the little things that, uh, you know, I'm so curious about, about the label. I hope a lot of people got some really good information out of the show and uh yeah i hope hope they enjoyed the episode it was a lot of fun very neat stuff uh as always we're going to play some music from the artists on the label but first definitely follow uh the infinity pool on instagram on twitter check out their band camp it's a lot of great stuff there and there's a lot of really exciting things coming out um just again notably the tape with the lights in it and the 3D infinity frequencies uh, printed monitor. Uh, yeah, that's just, just a taste of what's to come with the infinity pool. So keep your eyes peeled there. Follow us on Twitter. Check out our website, privatesweetmag.com. We have a new podcast page. It's really dope. Check it out. Shout out to Aram, Pony, and myself for putting that shit together. It's been a long time coming. And we're really stoked on it. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We have, and hit, hit that subscribe bell. Eh, because we have a lot of videos coming out there as well in the future. All right, that's it for me, everybody. Cheers.